Welcome to Podcast Therapist, presented by Virginia Family Therapy. I'm Sarah. I'm Caroline. And I'm Amanda. As three family therapists, we know how hard it is to feel like you're being the parent you want to be while juggling everyone's needs. We specialize in helping families just like you during the long days of multitasking and constant searching for the bar of success. Our podcast mixes expertise, real life advice, and embarrassing stories. Whose embarrassing story? Let's walk through this together. Welcome to Podcast Therapist, brought to you by Virginia Family Therapy. And our family is growing. I'm so excited, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited. Guys, we have talked for like 10 minutes about making a smooth transition, and ultimately... We did not. No, we did not. But Caroline has something exciting to say. So we're just going to tell you, we are opening an office in Falls Church right now. It's opening, what is it, September 10th? Guys, there's actually, I went up yesterday, um, and there's a couch, and there is a chair in there. And the Caroline is like... You know, she's our best organizer, like designer of spaces, and she is ordering all of the things from Wayfair and Article to put into the office. So the furniture and is coming. And I get coming. to see it for the first time in real life this weekend. That's exciting. I'm pumped. It's actually super cute. I'll say, so I'm not from Falls Church. We're mostly from Charlottesville, but Falls Church is adorable. It's directly across the street from a place called Liberty Barbecue, which seems to me like a place I would like to hang out. I heard there's a great coffee shop around there too, like a block away. This sounds fun. We're just going to explore Falls Church. I'm just going to like, you know, Thursday in Falls Church for a little bit. Right. We're all going to I just need a couple socially anxious clients that I can take to the coffee shop and have them practice ordering. That's a good idea. Like post COVID, I feel like that's a great activity to practice. And I'm excited because we're finally getting in our building in Crozet soon. We have been, guys, we've been working on getting in a building in Crozet for probably a year. It's been under construction. Crozet has been alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And we've been juggling in Crozet, but we haven't really opened and brought in as many, like, therapists in our offices. Like, we're on top of each other out there in these rented smaller offices. So I'm so excited where we can expand a little bit more. So we're going to be in a building on Jarman's Gap, Gap Road yeah. with Piedmont Pediatrics. Yes. It's We're supposed to be moving in November-ish. And speech and learning is downstairs. Like we are the one-stop shop for children and adolescents. It's so exciting. Yeah. So we are, even though the pandemic is coming in on us, we are coming out of it. That's even right. though, also, just so you know, all these places are strategically located near outdoor parks so that in outdoor spaces so that most of our therapy sessions are outside, especially for kids under 12, because they're not able to be vaccinated. Yeah. So we are rolling all this stuff out and we are excited about it. And we are excited to talk to you today about... How do you show your kids you're really listening to them? That was a smooth transition. Wow. Guys, sorry. I feel anxious every time I make a transition. I'm like, how (laughs) awkward can I sound in this moment? That was actually pretty good. Well, I'll take it. We are excited to talk about it because this is something, guys, how many times do your kids scream at you like they scream at me? You're not listening to me. And I feel like as a parent, I am working so hard to listen to them, yet they are telling me that I am not listening to them. I think that's just like a common thing as a parent, right? It's not just me. No, that is not just you. I think it is a common I think the hard I think part- it's a common thing as a kid too, even as an adult kid. 
to feel like your oh, parents yeah. are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, actually. It's also a common thing in couples to feel like your partner isn't listening. I think we were heading down a rabbit hole. I mean, are so humans I, just not good listeners? <laughs> no, I actually think like that was I, a joke, but yes. No, but I think the issue is that we're not good at showing that we're listening. Yep. I think we actually do listen to a fair amount of stuff. We're just not good at showing other people, kids, partners, friends, like whoever, that we are listening. Well, I think we always say in our house, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Oh, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Because you can hear me because you can hear my voice, but you are not listening. So you're not attending to what I'm actually saying, which is different. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, as kind of as the three of us are, we're kind of professional listeners in a lot of ways. I sometimes get home and I my listening skills are depleted. And I'm sure that's not just because we're therapists. I think lots of people who are out mm-hmm. doing things during the day, I can't imagine being a teacher, truthfully, and going home and having children and listening to somebody else's children all day and then walking in having my kids ask me something. Like, I think they're amazing humans that they can do that. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, there's a difference between actually hearing, you know, I can hear noise and I can kind of look at you blankly and nod my head, but am I really hearing what, listening to what you're saying, which is different. And I think, so as therapists, we show parent, we teach parents how to listen all day long. Yeah. Right. That is, that is actually one of the things that we proactively teach parents in this room. And we're going to tell you how to do it um, in a few minutes, actually. But before that, let's talk about more scenes in which we are not actually showing our kids we're listening. So for me, like my son might be saying like, hey, I'm like, this happened at school or hey, you know, this happened at soccer practice and I'm like cooking dinner and he's actually telling me something important. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And to him, I'm not really listening to him, right? I think as soon as we're multitasking, especially with kids, so we're not like looking at them or we're not on their level. So like cooking dinner or we're on our phone or we're on our computer or we're just like doing something else, they don't feel like we're listening. Well, we teach we teach parents to, to get their kids' attention. So one of the things that I've always helped parents learn to say to their kids is like, eyes on me. Here, you know, and then make sure whatever you're yes. trying to share, right? Yep. So I would say my kid was probably four the first time she said, mommy, eyes on me. And I was like, oh, she got you. I got nailed. Yeah. And so <laughs> still she'll say sometimes, eyes on me. I'm talking, eyes on me. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I, and she's right. Like I'm looking at something else or multitasking, like you said. Mm-hmm. Well, that's her way of saying, mom, this is important. Yeah. Right? Mom, yeah, this is right. important, what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. But I think it's really normal as a parent, what you were saying is we use our listening skills all day long. Mm-hmm. And this is this is true of most people. Say you're like a detail-oriented person, you use your you're in a job that makes you really detail-oriented. So when you go home, you've already used all of that muscle. So you're not going to be as detail-oriented right. at home. So if you're a parent and you're one of those parents that does stuff with people, then when you go home, you've used up all of your people skills. Like you've saturated them. So by the end of the day, you're not using them with your children. Right. It's a good place to start feeling bad as a parent, I think. Like I think a lot of parents get in that shame cycle where they don't feel like they're good listeners or their or their kids start talking to them and they realize they're not listening. Like it's a good place to feel bad about yourself too. And you want to be kind of careful about that because it's really normal to yeah. be mm-hmm. tired when you get home or just to feel at the end of the day, whether you're home during the day or you're in a workplace during the day, no matter where you are, to feel tired and kind of saturated by the day. And and kids come in and, and some kids, I don't know, um, when my daughter was young, 
there was a Volvo commercial that was really funny. Like you'd see this kid just talking, talking, talking. And then you'd see the dad put the kid in the car and shut the door and it got quiet and then open the door again. It's yeah. I remember that. That was my kid. Like she just had a lot to share about everything. And so there were times where she was talking and I'm sure I tuned out because I was like having to do something else and I didn't want to tell her to be quiet. Right. And I would kind of feel bad. So I think the answer to this is, or what we're saying is when your kids are telling you something important, we have a set of skills and strategies for you to use to let your kid know that you think it's important and you're listening to the important things. Because I'm actually, I'm not going to ask parents to listen to their four-year-old when they're talking about like what was on their hamburger. Cause that's what well, I Cause the other about. thing is like, you can make it really clear to your kid that you're listening with like eye contact and things like that. And then if you say something they don't like, right. Or you misstep in what you say, they're going to feel like you're not listening. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's all over. Mm-hmm. So we have a good kind of framework we use that we share with parents all the time about how to listen to your children. And we also have some how not to do it mm-hmm. examples. And I think I've probably practiced each one of those at least 40 times. So step one, when your kid is telling you something important, and y'all, I think it's up to you as a parent to sometimes check in just I, you know, every five minutes, ask yourself, is this important? Is this important? Is this important? Right? Because I think that's the first step is really deciding is it important or is it not important? You might have a kid that's going to give you a cue, like like your daughter does. Hey, mom, eyes on me. Yes, that's a very so clear subtle. cue, right? Okay, so that's when you're like, this is important. I need to start listening. With my kids, they're not that important. But I will say I have I have teenagers say to their parents, parents, I'm about to share a feeling please plug in, right? Yeah. Because if they know that this is an issue, the, the kids have to give the parents a cue yeah. that this yeah. is important. I will tell kids or like teenagers to say like, hey, I need you to just listen to me. Yep. Right now. Yeah. Yep. Or, hey, mom, this is one of those times, yeah. right? Yeah. That I really need you to listen. And when you when we teach our kids that skill, we're teaching them to self-advocate. So that's a really great skill that they'll learn that will translate beautifully into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Well, and when we were talking about like couples and friends and all these things, if you can say, hey, I need you to tune in, right? You're like cueing your partner. You're cueing your friend. You're cueing your parent so that they know like, oh, wait, I need to actually stop what I'm doing. Absolutely. It's not just kids and parents. No, you're right. That's yep. absolutely true. I'm like, note to self, taking this home. <laughs> so if and if you have a kid who doesn't self-advocate yet and they don't know that skill, I think anytime you hear them use a feeling word, that is your mm-hmm. cue. Right. And yeah. again, feeling words. I'm mad. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm happy. I'm worried. Anytime they give you a feeling, y'all. That is your moment to drop whatever you are doing and put your eyes on them. Some kids can't always, like until you, some kids are just great at that. They're super verbal and they can do it. Some kids have to be taught how to do that. So that's something you can kind of nurture as a parent. And sometimes it comes out in behavior. Like you might start to see a behavior change, a frustration or something. And that might be also the cue. Like there's a feeling happening. Yeah, I'm even thinking about this, y'all. And two of my kids are kind of in a lot more conflict than usual right now. And it's coming out in behavior. And I think this is a moment where I need to like really sit down with one of them and say, hey, like, what's up? Tell me how Mm -hmm. you're actually feeling about it. Let's address this head on Mm -hmm. instead of just like dealing with every little fight. Right. I need to like really sit down and listen. Well, and when we listen, we like 
are encouraging kids to tell us how they feel instead of showing us. Yes. Okay. So when you hear a kid tell you how they're feeling or when you sit down and you're plugged in and, and the first thing that you want to do, our number one step is to appreciate what that they're telling you. Yeah, appreciate the right? moment. Appreciate the moment and appreciate that they're telling you something. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to do that is just say, wow, thanks so much for telling me. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Just be, it's because it, you're, you're just showing them that it's important. You're, you're showing them that it's important to you. You're hopefully creating, um, a pattern then where they'll feel really comfortable mm-hmm. doing that from that, you know, cause it, it does, it's always feels good to be appreciated. And you're reinforcing that they're using their words, right? So the example I just said about my two kids, um, one of them's having a hard time. Sometimes he screams at me about it. Every mm-hmm. now and then he's throwing something. He did do that the other day, right? So if he were to say to me, hey, mom, I'm feeling really mad because things feel unfair about siblings right now, I need to reinforce that he's using his words, not that he's screaming. Right. So it's positive attention. Positive. As opposed yep. to like, hey, when our kid throws something, they end up getting attention, mm-hmm. right? Like we either yell at them not to do that or they get a consequence and it's negative attention, but it's still attention. Mm-hmm. So we give them positive, healthy attention when they use their words by first step, appreciating that they're telling us. Thank you so much for telling me. That's so important to me. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and show you that. Right. And I think also kind of to give a little bit of wiggle room, because if a kid is really heightened Mm -hmm. and they're angry and upset, that I need your attention or eyes on me might not come out like, hey, mom, eyes on me. You know, it comes out more like... (laughs) what the hell mom eyes on me like not using that language necessarily but it it can come out quite forcefully it Mm -hmm. might come out not in a really eloquent way and so still stopping and appreciating that you can always go back to that moment and help them later by saying you know hey i so love that you did that next time maybe doing in a tone that's much nicer Mm -hmm. even better but don't do that first like just grab the moment they're offering right don't correct in the moment because then they're not going to feel like you're listening Guys, you're really schooling me. I'm really, I teach this all day long and I'm really reflecting on what's happening in my house. And so I'm modeling for everybody here. This is really hard to do. And even though I teach this all day long, having this conversation is helping me know what I need to do in my family. So if you're like, oh, I'm not doing this right. I'm right there with you. So wait, have your kids said to you yet? I know you don't talk to your clients this way. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming. What age did that happen with your daughter? First time, like five or six, to be honest. Mm. Um, it's coming your way. Yeah, you're right, actually. I know you don't talk to your clients this way. I'm like, yep, you're right. I don't. I'm sorry. (laughs) So the second step after you appreciate and you say, thank you so much for telling me is you validate their feelings, Mm -hmm. right? Validate, validate, validate. So can I go to appreciate just one more second? Oh yeah. Even if it's something you don't want to hear, you have to appreciate it. Like, yes, you're not appreciating the content of what they're saying. You're appreciating the process of them saying it. Mm-hmm. But I also think even if it's hard to hear, you appreciate that they're sharing it with you because yeah. they are giving you a gift yes. of telling you who they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So if your kid says, mom, I'm really mad at you when you do X, Y, Z, that doesn't feel great. It feels yeah. really hard to hear. It makes me uncomfortable because I don't like making mistakes or letting my kids down. Right. Mm-hmm. But When my kid says that to me, that's a gift because he's letting me know who he is, even if it feels hard. And that's why validating is so important. 
Right. Right. Ooh, no, that's, that's a transition. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Cool. Right. Because even if you're mad at me, I have to let you know, like, I understand why you're mad. So right. Like, I can get it. Validation is empathy. Right. Validation is saying, if I were in your shoes, I would feel that way too. I can understand how you get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I can see how me making you late for school makes you feel really angry. And so validating. Wait, were you in my car this morning. <laughs> oh, guys, I used to make my dad drive me to school separately from my sisters because they got there late and I would get anxious. <laughs> Carol, that makes sense. you were the youngest, too. Oh, my God. I can that, see that. I can totally well, see and that. They no were, okay, we did not get along very well when I was that age. So, like, the idea of a 10 minute car ride with them at that point was and not. Let me give all the joyful. parents out there hope because Caroline is super close to her sisters now. Mm-hmm. So, for all of you yes. who have squabbling children, realize like Caroline's, Caroline's it super close to her It all works yeah, out. It does work out. That is so funny. I never knew that. Guys, <laughs> that is hysterical. <laughs> so, the validating is really saying, hey, I get why you're angry. That makes sense, right? That makes sense why you're angry. To be honest with you, if you don't understand it, if you still feel uncomfortable, just saying, really working on understanding why they would feel that way is really important. You don't have to agree to validate. And this is where I think oh, everybody yes. gets yes. stuck. And in couples too, quite honestly. Yep. This is the the hitch point for a lot of people. They're like, well, I don't actually feel that way. Well, I'm not asking you to feel that way. I'm asking you to validate that you understand that person feels that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. And that's all. And it's such a gift to validate someone. It's shocking how much people seek validation for mm-hmm. even little things. Mm-hmm. And it feels great to be validated, quite honestly. So it's a gift that you're giving. Because feelings don't come out of thin air, right? Like no. if your kid says, I'm mad about XYZ, well, it actually doesn't matter what you think about it because your kid is telling you what they feel about it. Like, and that's the important piece. They're not mad for no reason. So saying, Hey, I understand that you could be mad or I understand why you're mad. That makes sense to me. Then of course it makes sense because they have a feeling for a reason. Well, and I think if it's like a negative emotion, right? Like they're mad or they're sad or, you know, their feelings are hurt, right? Something happened with friends. Like, I think a lot of parents' desire is to make the feeling better, Yep. right? And so they jump into like problem solving, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, did you try telling your friend blah, 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 instead of holding the emotion, right? So when you validate it, you are showing the kid like, it's okay to feel that way. I get that it would be hard to feel that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of being a parent is adjusting your problem solving activity, like when your kids are very little, we problem solve way more. Mm-hmm. And as the kids get older, our job is to problem solve less and less and allow them the room to problem mm-hmm. solve more and more. And that is a tricky mm-hmm. line to walk. Yep. And if you have a kid who feels comfortable and you've practiced this practice, for example, for a long time, they're really quick to say, like, I don't need you to solve my problem. Mm-hmm. I just need you to listen, which mm-hmm. is great. But it's it, it's a definitely a go-to for most parents. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we put on our tool belts and we're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. whether it's a feeling or, or a situation. Mm-hmm. I've always found that parents, I think there's like two types of parents. And maybe as you're saying this, Sarah, it's also, it changes with developmental stage of the kid. But a lot of times they like sit with the feeling so long that they never move on to problem solving mm-hmm. or they mm-hmm. skip sitting with the feeling and go straight to problem solving. And you actually need a mix of both. Yeah, right. You can't That's problem true. solve until you've, dealt with until you've heard the feeling and you can't 
sit in the feeling for too long without problem solving because then there's no movement. So it's really finding that balance between hearing the feeling and problem solving. Which takes us to the third step. Yeah, launch it, Caroline. (laughs) Can we have some musical background to these (laughs) lovely transitions that you're making, Caroline? You should have some sort of magical sound. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) I feel awkward now. (laughs) So the third step is explore, right? And that isn't necessarily problem solving. No, it's not problem solving, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I guess I should say that more clearly. It's not problem solving. It's not. And here's what else it isn't. It's not interrogating. Well, let's say what it is okay. first. So exploring, oh, I, exploring no. is being like, is, it's being curious. It is. It's putting your arm around your kid. You don't actually have to do that. It's metaphorically, right? Putting your arm around a kid and being curious about the feeling mm-hmm. it, on their side, right? It's on, you're trying to get into their experience. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with you. It's about their experience and exploring what's happening. For example, you said you're mad when you get anxious when we're late to school. Can you tell me a time that that happened and what was going on mm-hmm. so that you can under, you're, you're curious about it. You have a better understanding if you know that. Yeah. And if you have an older kid, you can be more open-ended. Like just, well, tell me more about that. Yeah. Because I think if you, like, if I said to my 17 year old, well, tell me a time where I made you late. I mean, I would, for one, either get a list of 17 times, which I don't really want to hear about, or she would just roll her eyes at that point because she'd be like, what are you doing? But if I were like, well, tell me, what do you mean? Like, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And leave it more open-ended, then I might get more information. Mm-hmm. So again, younger kids might need a little more kind of prompting and structure and older kids a little more open-ended. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy, I think, for parents in this explore phase to kind of go into leading teaching, right? So like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really like, oh, so that time when you said that you were going to be down in five minutes and you were 10 minutes late, is that one of the times that you were anxious? And right, see how that actually makes the kid feel bad. And it's like a mm-hmm. teaching question. The explore section is not a teaching question time. It's really exploring the other kid's feelings. And every time, right, like if you ask a question, right, tell me about a time that you felt anxious because we were being late or something like that. As they tell you, right, then you're appreciating and validating yeah, not, what they're telling not you. Not being defensive about it because that's a mistake. You can, like, yep. well, I didn't do that. I was actually sitting in the car waiting for you. Yeah. You were late. Right? So, like, if they, ans- yeah, if they answer your question, you want to, like, show them that's okay so yep. that it encourages them to, like, stick with the process. Ab- yes. You're continuously, like, reinforcing them right. and appreciating and validating them so that they're continuously engaged and sharing more with you. Yes, exactly. Yep. So go into your list of yeah or past experiences based on Sarah Lewis's parenting (laughs) or mistakes I'm currently making mistakes I make things I can look out for on the daily yes (laughs) thank goodness we did not interview my daughter for this Um, don't interrogate your kid so if they give you a little bit don't push too hard to get more and don't get too deep in the weeds Mm -hmm. so hear what they're giving you go with that. Don't try to steer them in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's about them at this point. Yes. Don't analyze. Ooh, you're really talking, like, you're essentially saying don't be a psychologist to I your am kids. Saying mm-hmm. Don't be your kid's therapist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, don't react. Like, don't, like, go, <gasps> or, you know, make mm-hmm. horrifying faces at your child as they're telling you this or 
problem solve we mentioned. Watch launching into your advice or lecture series, which you were saying. Don't make it about you. Mm-hmm. That's important. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. Because that's it's hard because we do use ourselves in teaching examples a lot with our kids. Mm-hmm. And our kids become fans of that less and less as they get older. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think making it about you quick, you it's a very quick way to lose your audience. So an example of that would be like if a kid says, hey, I'm really worried about, you know, the way this girl was treating me at school today. Well, when I was your age, kids did X, Y, Z, and this is how I handled it. So I think that'll work for you too. Well, right now it's about you. Exactly. That's an example. Exactly. So it's, so you're not exploring your kid's experience. You're a problem solving too quickly, but you're making it about your own experience. And it's with good intention, right? You're trying to like create connection and relate to your kid by saying like, oh, I've been there, right? I get it. But because you're making it about your experience, not theirs, they're, they're done. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents think they're validating it in that way Mm -hmm. when in fact, they're kind of stealing the show. And I think the validation piece is just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I can I can totally see how that would feel that way or how, how you feel that way. Validation is not, oh, yeah, when I was in seventh grade, the same thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's another example of making about you as a parent. Mom, I'm really mad at you because you yelled at me this morning for being late, right? Well, how how do you think it made me feel oh, that you were late, one. that you mm-hmm. were so late? How do you think that, you know, I was very mad at you and it was okay that and that's why I did that. Right? So you're jumping over the validating your kid, the appreciating your kid and making about your own experience, your own teaching moment. Yeah, ultimately it feels a little defensive. Well, yeah, I was being defensive as <laughs> shit. Sorry. <laughs> right? But like it, once you've said that, there isn't a good way for your kid to like re-enter the conversation. Right. Why would your child tell you their feelings if they're going to get met with it, your own feelings, right? right? They don't have a space to process their stuff. And it's our job as parents to help our kids process their feelings. And hold that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got a question for you guys. And this, I just actually was talking to somebody in my office about this. What happens when you as a parent have some skill around this and the other parent won't get on board to do the same thing? You see the other parent making the mistakes we we mentioned. You can tell them them to listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you guys, we didn't practice that. I literally just threw that out there. I mean, I think it's actually... Y'all, this is a really hard thing to do. This is very, very hard. So I think it's probably really normal for parents to be at different levels of listening to their kids. I think that's to be expected. And I think that probably every couple or every two-parent household is in that. I think the question becomes is, you know what I really think, y'all? Here's what I really think, okay? So if, if one parent is good at listening and the other parent isn't quite as good at listening... I think that you have the kid talk to parent A, the one who's a little bit better about listening, hear that kid's feelings about the relationship with the other parent, with parent B, and then help the kid go to parent B with those feelings. Yep. Do you prep parent B ahead of time? I think you could. Depends on the relationship. I think if parent B is open, yeah. If parent B isn't open, or even if you guys are divorced or separated, that makes it harder too. Mm -hmm. But I think... um, 
also, I think kids do figure out what they need from each parent and they kind of, you know, will sometimes talk to one parent more than the other or things like that happen. But I think if the parents are willing to co-parent, yeah, talk about it as much as you can with the other parent. So let's play that out. Let's use this as our example of how do you actually show your kids that you're listening using the appreciate, validate, explore model. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be the kid and Sarah, can you be the adult? I knew you might, you were looking at me. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just watch. Well, you're going to be, you're going to be the next parent. Oh, great. Right. So Sarah is the parent that is better at hearing a kid's feelings, right? So let's say it's bedtime and I am a 10 year old and (laughs) are you familiar with this? I know. Right. And Sarah, you are, Caroline is the co-parent, right? Okay. Okay. Um, mom or Sarah, um, I am really mad at Caroline because of, you know, she yelled at me about doing my homework on time today and it made me feel really upset. Yeah, you're right. Caroline's kind of a douche. I'm really mad at Caroline because she yelled at me really badly about doing my homework and I was actually really working on it and it was hard for me and, and she yelled at me. I'm really mad at her. Wow. I am so glad you told me that. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And I totally understand how that might feel. Yeah, it was actually really hard. I was working on doing it and I was like stuck on a problem and I was kind of looking off into space because I was thinking and then she came in and just like kind of yelled at me for not doing it quickly enough and because it was late and I had to go to bed soon, but I was like trying to do it. Wow. So that felt how? Like how did that feel for you? I was really frustrated because I didn't know what to do. Like I wanted to follow her directions, but I also know that I have to do my homework because that's also her direction. And I just was like, you know, I was trying to tell her, but she wasn't listening to what I had to say. And so I just didn't know what to do. And it sucked. That sounds really frustrating. Yeah. So what would you like to do? How do you want to handle that? Well, I don't want to. Can you talk to her? I think it'd probably be even better maybe coming from you though. What do you think? Cause you did such a great job just telling me. Yeah, but she doesn't listen the way that you do, you know? So how if I, um, how if I sit with you when you do? I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm too nervous to do that. Okay. So what, what do you think would be helpful? How can I help? Do it for me. Do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just kidding. So, okay. So I can, I can help start the conversation. How about that? And then you help kind of by filling in how you actually feel. Cause I don't want to tell Caroline how you feel because I'm not you, but I can certainly yeah. get Caroline to come in and, and maybe start the listening. Okay. And what, what should I say to her? Oh, I think how you handled it just now with me was so good. I think the same things would be perfect. How do you feel about trying that? And just tell her that I was mad at her? Yeah. I think you did a really nice job of that. You told me your feelings really nicely. And I can understand how that would have felt. And I think Caroline will totally understand that. Okay. I'll try it. Okay. Caroline, put your beer and cigarettes down and stop the rest of the <laughs> and get in here. Now. 
Okay. So now actually, so I think that was actually perfect, right? That was so, great. Yeah. So that's wow, how Sarah. I know, right? Okay, Sarah? Don't let my daughter listen to this. She'll be like, that's a not how it works. No, okay. <laughs> so now let's do the same thing. And I'm actually going to use Caroline because everyone has a different style. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like Caroline's style of listening is going to be different than Sarah's mm-hmm. and different than mine. And so Caroline, instead of being the bad parent in this one, I'm actually going to have you be like a good parent in this one. Do you know what I mean? And mm. show, show your own style of listening yeah. using the appreciate validate explore okay so and and listeners listen for the appreciate validate explore yeah. listen for those and you'll hear them because caroline does them unless um, i f it up which is possible which is possible <laughs> and then you'll just like move back to the back to the next thing which is yeah. totally fine okay caroline i am really mad at you um I'm really frustrated because I was trying to do my homework and you were yelling at me to go to sleep and I didn't think that was really fair. Mm. Thank you for letting me know that you're feeling so mad and frustrated. Yeah, I'm really mad at you. Yeah. I can understand that me yelling at you would make you feel mad. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. What can we do? Well, I think you should apologize to me. <laughs> Okay. I think that's fair, right? I can understand that me yelling at you probably wasn't me at my finest moment, right? And that, you know, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't know what was going on, right? And I lost my cool. So I'm sorry that I yelled at you. Yeah. That feels better, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Thank you. Do we need to talk about it anymore? No. I'm good. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me know that I had upset you. Yeah. And I think... That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. I think you could do, Caroline. Sorry. Like, in, like in I could the have future... Ex- I could have validated it. In a- no, 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 no. Oh. That was good. I thought you validated great. I think then you could move it into, like, in the future. Because this is where we can go into problem solving, the, right? Well, right. I think that was going to be my next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, we closed up. The, right. Right? Did you see how quickly... Well, and I think the cool part was with that, like, you, the, you as the kid could have... That could have been it. Absolutely. Like that could have, like, I think sometimes we launch into that problem solving. Yeah. And that's not actually even what the mm-hmm. kid needs because they're like, all right. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes the kid wants to know, like, I can say that. Yeah, it's safe. And it's safe, right? It's not about, is mom ever going to yell at me again? It's about, I can tell mom that I get yes. upset when she yells yes. at yes. me. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I, right. Like, I like, I didn't have anything to say because I felt so appreciated and heard. Oh, I was like, oh, it's taking the wind out of my sails. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of nice. And and I think, too, like you model this and then you see your kid do it with other yes. people. And it's kind of, that's when you know that it's kind of taking. And because it is, it's like I said, it's a life skill we want kids to take forward. There are lots of childhood coping skills that don't translate well into adulthood. But this one translates really nicely into mm-hmm. adulthood. Mm-hmm. So, y'all, I think that is our appreciate, validate, explore. Mm -hmm. That it's really the backbone. I always say that in my therapy chair, I want like a sign behind me that says that because I help Mm -hmm. parents have these conversations all day long. And and you can see how the how the fight just like goes down. Once we actually listen to our kids the intensity goes down because we're showing them that we're listening. And if you really don't know how to do this, that's okay. Practice with your partner. Like start practicing it or practice it with a friend, right? Like start finding ways that feel – or like role play it. 
like yeah. we did, mm-hmm. right? Find ways that feel less threatening because in the moment it might feel like, oh my God, I just want to get it right and I'm effing it up. So it's like start practicing it and it's okay. You can come back to it. Yeah. A lot of us weren't raised with this as the parenting style. So mm-hmm. it, when you start a new thing with your kids, it takes a lot of work because it's much easier to fall back on the blueprint we were raised with. So, I mean, I wasn't raised with this. I don't think, I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys were, but it take it takes some energy. It's practice. It, it gets easier and easier as you go. It got, it gets to the point where Literally, my daughter turned to me like she's really stressed last night. So she's kind of taking it out of me. And I stayed super calm, which isn't always the case. And I just, and she goes, she finally looked at me. She goes, I really hate when you stay this calm when I miss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. good. Like inside, I'm like, yes. But you know, I mean, it was fine, but it was kind of funny because like it literally stopped what we, what she was upset about. Mm-hmm. And she was just ranting kind of. And then she looked at me. She was like, I kind of hate when you're this calm. Cause I was, I just wasn't getting engaging and I was validating and doing kind of this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it does, it does work, I think, but it does, it is not always easy. And I think the kids, you know, I'll frequently say, I'll have kids say, well, when my parents do that, I just know they're doing it because you told them to. And that's not really how they want to do it. And I'm like, yeah, because they want to do it better. Yeah. They're doing it differently than they've always done it because they want to do it better and they want to show you that they're listening. So if yeah. it feels weird to you and it feels weird to your kid, that's actually good news if you felt like it wasn't working before. So I actually make an analogy about sneakers when I talk to people about trying something new and it feeling uncomfortable. Because you guys know when you have like your favorite sneakers and they're like broken in and like molded to your foot. Then I get plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Right. But then they're not working. Like your foot yep. hurts or your hip hurts. Or yep. Whatever. All, all of those things. So it's like you go get new sneakers and you put them on and you're like, this is like kind of weird. Right. Are they going to be comfortable? Are they going to, are they going to work? Are they not going to work? And it's like, you have to break them in. Yep. You have to wear them for a few days and it like feels weird. And then you're like, Oh my God, this is so much better. Yep. Why was I wearing oh. those sneakers for so long? This is overall a really good metaphor. It's a great metaphor. <laughs> like, wow. Every, thanks guys. Every line of it. I was like, yeah, it is the exact same thing. Um, so it's like, you have to get through like the growing pains. You have to get through the awkward phase of like putting new shoes on and being like, I don't know if I like these or not yep. to and, really figure it out. And trying a new behavior, even if it feels weird and uncomfortable it's going to feel better in the end and you won't get plantar fasciitis. Yes, that's the lesson for today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. That's fine. That's my tidbit. I like it. So all of this stuff is, you know, it is hard, right? We have jobs for a reason because knowing how to do this quickly and knowing how to do this is hard. And it's something that we are all working on, even as therapists who teach this stuff, because it is really hard to do, especially in our current environment where you're getting like, there's just so much to do, right? There's so much to do. A lot of people have multiple kids in their homes. And so you're balancing all the needs of all the kids. And then you just have text messages and coordinating. So slowing down and listening is harder than you think it should be. But with this strategy, really, if you're doing it, it could take like five minutes and you're going to, you know, prevent 10 meltdowns if you if you really stop, put eyes on your kid and use the appreciate, validate, explore method. And we all, I mean, humans just need connection and this provides connection. Yep. 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 Because that's what kids are screaming for anyway, right? Yeah. That. Yeah. So this is just the stepping stones to get there. Connection and screen time. No, I'm just kidding. Just connection. <laughs>
<laughs> Amazing. And Pokemon cards. Of course. Um, oh. Okay, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this was helpful. Come look at our website at www.virginiafamilytherapy or like us on Facebook or Instagram. Leave us some reviews on this podcast, guys. Ooh, we never yeah. ask for that, but we would love that. Yes, please give us some, some feedback. feedback. Yeah, we would love it. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, y'all. Thank you so much, and we hope you have a good weekend. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>